Did we did we peter out? <laughs> How's it going, eh? It's going great. Good. Glad to hear it. Yeah, it's been a long time since I felt like I could say that. <laughs> Things are settling in. A little bit. I, mm-hmm. uh, because of various tragic events, uh, I didn't, I don't know, I was in a long period of funk mm. and not the good kind. Yes. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm very much enjoying being here. And yesterday it uh, rained uh, steadily yeah. for the first time in a, in a while. So Yes, since... We've been here pretty much. Maybe. It just w- was a smattering here and there before. Mm-hmm. Um, so today was all day. Yeah, it was a real day of rain. It was nice. <laughs> a day of rain. <laughs> so I, I did uh, I did like it. That's a, that's a pretty big system if it rained for you all day as well. It wasn't constant all day, but it was uh, uh, real rain mm-hmm. um, <laughs> quite a few times. Right. I am told by the locals that it, the rain doesn't really get too heavy. Um, most no, of the time, usually. it's a yeah. it's just a light, steady thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, where we grew up in Arizona, if it rained, right. it was like little water bullets, right, pelting you. That's right. That's right. Yes, and uh, we must say um, they had some some massive uh, storm come through as a result of I think it was Hurricane Rosa. Um, huh. Down in off the coast of Baja California, right. that became a tropical storm and then tropical depression. But it sent a lot of moisture up, and uh, Yuma got uh, some flash flooding, mm-hmm. and um, and then Phoenix got the deluge, and a lot of places flooded out and, right. and so forth. So yeah, that was just this past few days. Just in time, you're uh, <laughs> out of there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seasonally anyway. Right, <laughs> but but so. still, that's good. No, you've gone through flash floods before, though. I have. A, there's a uh, well, video been... that, <laughs> that you sent me of someone uh, getting stuck. Was that it? They're they're slowly being washed away, or they're almost getting stuck? Um, no. The, well, we were we went down to where the the road had washed out. It's a yeah. pretty big. Um, it's usually just a dry riverbed of sand that you drive across yeah. on the road, uh, the Agua Fria River. Um, down in hey, shout out to Avondale, Arizona. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, All the fans uh, in Avondale. Yeah, and it's about, I don't know, a quarter of a mile to half a mile across this riverbed. And then almost the entire thing was, was underwater. Yeah. At least a, a couple of feet. And so then lots of people were down at the water's edge, you know, just staring at it. Uh, we went down there ourselves. And then some dorks got their inner tube out and they put it in. We're floating across and uh, <laughs> nearly got swept away. He paddled out of it uh, right. about. I don't know, 100 yards downstream, oh, it, it was started to get rough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just shaking our heads. But uh, <laughs> those whippersnappers. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, start the show. It's just called It's Just Called Two Brothers. Thank you for mentioning that. It is. <laughs> and I'm James. Hi, right, Marcus. Welcome. Welcome, indeed. <laughs> it's a little forceful. Welcome. Apologies, everyone, for <laughs> such a forceful, demanding <laughs> welcome. Welcome or else. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have to start off with a correction corner. Yeah, especially because, I mean, we, that was a double dough on us. Yeah. Mm. Dumb. Over and over again, you keep saying it's the end. 
so we referenced a voice segment, I guess, on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. saying that uh, Colonel Happablap from the Sideshow Bob episode where he builds the nuclear bomb. I don't remember what that's. I think it's uh, Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, where he hides out in the uh, the airship. In the, in the blimp, yeah. In the blimp. And the the colonel in that episode is played by R. Lee Ermey, not by Kiefer Sutherland, as I imagined. As I said. Yeah, or as yeah. you, you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But, uh, yeah, that is, uh, that is not true. <laughs> yes. Uh, and not only that, not only did I say it was Kiefer Sutherland playing him, yeah. I also said because... You had mentioned Whitney Houston. Right. And and so I said, cue him up singing I Will Always Love You. Yeah. And that song was not in that episode at all. No. So that's like... That is... That song is in season 10, episode 9, Mayored to the Mob, where Homer gets training to become a bodyguard. Yes. Which is why they use the song. And at the graduation ceremony for the candidates, <laughs> where he tells them <laughs> they're all, they all passed because their check's all cleared. Uh, Lavelle's Bodyguard Academy. Yeah, Lavelle. Lavelle is played. <laughs> Lavelle is the person who sings the song to everybody, and he is played by Mark Hamill, of course, <laughs> which you can oh, hear man. if you listen closely to the you know, <laughs> the whole bit. Yeah. So, uh, uh, mea culpa. Shame on us, indeed. indeed. Of all things. Yeah. So Kiefer mm-hmm. Sutherland does another sort of colonel uh, when Homer goes into the army. Way, way like season twenty, I think. Yeah, I think it's um, season eighteen. Oh, season eighteen. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. GI dope. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Or they printed out GI parentheses mm-hmm. annoyed grunt. Yeah, and he tells everybody uh, they're being assigned to a, a post or duty based on their skills, and everybody mm-hmm. is front li- front line infantry. <laughs> front line infantry. Front line infantry. And then uh, he reprises that over the the credits and tells the the people in the show that they're front line infantry. Yes, all their, uh, the um, crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that we beat that to death, <sighs> let's move on. Moving on. <laughs> we were talking about um, where you were mentioning some like cartoons that we used to watch when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And there was a transition from the amazing cartoons of late, well, I guess late 40s, right? Mid to late 40s. <laughs> Yeah, and then, yeah, like the the classic Warner Brothers stuff, the uh, um, <laughs> uh, you know Looney Tunes and all that, right? The movie um, cartoons, and, uh, which were all in color, right? And then mm-hmm. that there was a bunch of TV cartoons that were in black and white before they By shifted the way, to color. Uh, we didn't see them in the forties, right? <laughs> yes, let's... we saw them as reruns <laughs> on, when they were on, you know, the the yeah. legendary Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, time. I imagine because it was cheap to get them syndicated at that time. Mm-hmm. Whereas the the maybe the cartoons of the fifties and sixties weren't, uh, or, or maybe it was because they didn't think black and white would sell. I'm not sure. Uh, we didn't get to see you know TV cartoons after that period really until <laughs> the the sixties when Bullwinkle you know mm-hmm. uh, got was in color. Yeah. So that was rebroadcast for us in our time, not for us, but <laughs> not for <laughs> us. Well, sort of, in, <laughs> like a, for, in a small way. For our generation, right? Yeah. Uh, on, on the TV, and then beca- that became a sort of golden age of uh, Saturday morning animation. Yeah. Saturday morning kids shows in general. Mm-hmm. From the 60s through till the, let's say, early 80s. Yeah. That was, a, mm-hmm. that was an amazing time. And then it sort of shifted to, like, weekday afternoons was the time mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. targeted 
children for toy commercials. Yeah, after you <laughs> get home from school, but before the folks want to watch the news. Yeah, and uh, that was a very strange and mysterious time for <laughs> cartoons. So <laughs> speaking of <laughs> speaking of which, um, well, let's stay with the the original stuff uh. because because uh, that original stuff then became. Um, I don't know. Somebody said, "You know what? We need some new, <laughs> some new things, but keep the beloved characters." Yeah, and they uh, they wrecked him. Well, Hanna Barbera was the were the kings of that madness, right? They just yeah, they kept on just um, because it was, cranking out. Well, there was shows. the Flintstones and the Jetsons, yep. which were mm-hmm. fine. Yep, uh, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, and and Scooby Doo that went through another awful transition. Where mm-hmm. it was kind of good in the beginning, and the the animation was certainly amazing in the sixties. Mm-hmm. It was that was a great, um, if you know, uh, sort of uh, cheapened down thing. Apart from the yeah. intro, well, that's what that's how the intro uh, is Hanna-Barbera, fabulous. But yeah, Hanna Barbera made their uh, made their bones, as it were, by mm-hmm. by what by fully realizing that style mm-hmm. and and cranking out. You know, tons of shows. Uh, you know, pretty cheaply by recycling backgrounds, yeah. um, uh, or only animating the the very basics <laughs> yeah. that needed to be animated. You know, just the mouth, and then everything mm-hmm. else was stationary or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, Snagglepuss and Huckleberry Hound, and, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> to everyone's discredit, Tom and Jerry. Yeah, alas. <laughs> Let's have a moment of silence, everyone. But but then uh, there was also, in, in addition to the cheapened out Scooby-Doo, there was also um, the insertion of weirdo uh, side characters. Uh, like the, the TV tropes has an enormous, you know, trove of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, I don't know what they call it. Introducing the, the sort of second cousin. Is it Cousin Oliver? Is that what it's named after? Yeah, I think so. Or at least it was on Jump the Shark, with okay. the Cousin Oliver effect. Right. So you you bring in a an a heretofore or theretofore unknown relative to to bump up the ratings mm-hmm. with a new character. Right. But the new character is uh, inevitably a misfit, <laughs> and then subsequently a misfire <laughs> because they're either terrible or they don't know what to do with them. Because they don't right. fit into the dynamic of the show, and they've got mm-hmm. to completely rework it and wrecks it more often than not, <laughs> it, I'd say. Yeah. It, it, so, and Scratchy represent a dramaturgical dyad, <laughs> inserting a third character. Are you absolutely sure that's wise, sir? I mean, I don't want to sound pretentious here, but Itchy and Scratchy comprise a dramaturgical dyad. Hey, this ain't art, it's business. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so... um. Scrappy Doo comes to mind, obviously. Uh, yep. There's that, um, and then a whole show then, when they did Godzilla, because Godzilla can't interact with anything <laughs> except by smashing or burning. Well, let's see. What was the what was the one? The space creature in the Flintstones would have been one of the first of those as well. Ooh, you right? really did it now, Dub Dub. That was uh, not Magoo. Was it Gazoo? The Great Gazoo. Gazoo. Yes, the Great Gazoo. Yeah. Um, but then they got worse, you know, between <laughs> Kazoo and Scrappy Doo. Then yeah. they got. The, but Scrappy Doo um, was way later. That Kazoo it, was in the it, true, 50s yeah. or sixties. Sixties. Yeah. It was. It was later in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in the um, <laughs> the Super Friends uh, <laughs> DC's version mm-hmm. of the, the Justice League and so forth, they had which we um, never failed to watch every Saturday. 
Oh no! Of course, of course, it was on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, the the <laughs> Wonder know, Twins. That, was, that wasn't always enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Before the Wonder Twins, there was Wendy and what's his name? Uh, Michael. And then they had their what is it? The Wonder Mutt. Yeah. Wonder Dog. Dino Wonder Mutt. Dog. Dino Mutt. <laughs> no, I think that was a different thing. Oh yeah, it was. You're right. <laughs> uh, but then, and then Wonder, uh, Wonder Dog couple, or something, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then a couple of years later, they had the actual Wonder Twins mm-hmm. from outer space, uh, uh, Zan and Jaina. Yeah. And uh, Gleek, the space monkey. <laughs> yes, space monkey. Because he, he was from space. He wasn't just a monkey. <laughs> yes. He was a monkey, uh, but, you know, from space. And then a spinoff of, of Super Friends was The New Adventures of Batman mm-hmm. with Bat Might. Yeah, I've. I've uh, uh, mercifully wiped it from my memory. Yeah, I had until. <laughs> um, well, the the reason that this all came up in my mind was um, I stumbled upon something in Reddit where they they were talking about um, old TV and mm-hmm. there's a, a set of um, websites: my seventies TV dot com, my eighties TV dot com, and my nineties TV dot com, which are which are pretty fun to you know. There's like an old timey TV on there. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, select what type of thing. Um, yeah, and they, they have. It's, some, a, it's just a. Cool it's basically a big, huge playlist of YouTube clips, right? Mm-hmm. That you can mm-hmm. cycle through. They kind of curated by category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, like, uh, oh. I guess cartoons is one. Yep. Depending on the decade, you know, and then they do uh, commercials and you know other mm-hmm. other stuff. News. News. They've got cool movies. On, you know, some. Yeah. And, uh, lesser, <laughs> lesser quality. <laughs> was that the, the, the Simpsons one? The thousand dollar movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, I, I I had for, totally forgotten about quite a few of these. Um, one of the ripoffs. Oh, there were so many ripoffs. Uh, they just like they, besides the spinoffs, there were total ripoffs. Like, who are these focus groups? You know, that are working these out, or the or the the animation studio boardroom people <laughs> that are saying, you know, what kids like today is rock and roll bands <laughs> so that solve mysteries you know yeah. so then they have they put put out butch cassidy and the sundance kids <laughs> yeah which was a, a a band that went all, also went around solving crimes they had their yeah. sidekick dog just like scooby-doo right. that was a horrible one josie and the pussycats uh with their what was their pussycats name Oh, cat. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. remember what kind of it's cat a, was that anyway. Wasn't it like a Siamese cat? Yeah. Or maybe that was their. Oh no, I think that was one of the. It's like a leopard Siamese cross. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, wow, that's not to even mention things like Jabberjaw. Yep. Yep. Jabberjaw. Uh, well, back to all those uh, Hanna Barbera mm-hmm. uh, things with what's it? Uh, Mumbly? No, Muttley. Muttley. Uh, and the uh, uh, Laugh Olympics. <laughs> But he spun off of a, a few things, mm-hmm. or he was just not, he doesn't spun off. Let's see, it was Muttley and Dirk Dastardly. Hmm, that's a pretty. That's, that sounds right to me. Yeah, and then, um, but not to be confused with Mumbly, who had his own show earlier, mm-hmm. who was some sort of trench coat wearing crime solving dog. Yeah, I don't remember and that actually. The Mumbly Comedy Hour or something, but that was hmm. before our time. Okay, that, uh, we would have maybe seen it in reruns. But Weird. I just you know, yeah, picked yeah. up on that one as I was researching Muttley. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, insert, insert Muttley laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Billy West, actually. What? Uh, really? I'm pretty sure that Billy West was the uh, was the, the laugh of Muttley, yeah. Dallas Butler didn't uh, do everything? <laughs> he could have. Uh, well, could have yeah. every single voice of the Laugh Olympics. 
which we should um, mention mm-hmm. is all the old Hanna-Barbera characters recycled into one new show. Yeah, yeah. And they do um, sporting events and yeah. great races yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Crappily staged, cheaply animated <laughs> sporting events. <laughs> yes. yes. What was the one with the, the race in the giant space, uh, sky arc or something? There's a big arc with a balloon. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, it, it's Yogi Bear it's, uh, was the captain <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> yeah, it's it's there in my in my mind, but I can't remember the whole right. same thing. Bit, but yeah, all the characters: yeah. McGill Gorilla, mm-hmm. Huckleberry Hound, <laughs> uh, Quick Draw McGraw. Mm-hmm. All the, all the... And then you know, there's a new oh, back... there's a new Snagglepuss, right? No, I did not know that. There is a more realistic, uh, sort of muscly version of <laughs> of Snagglepuss. <laughs> So he's a hero, uh, but he's got sophisticated tastes. I see. Does he still exit stage left? I have not really delved into it much. I just saw a cover. Probably why. It's quite something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, but but one of the great things about uh, Super Friends, back to that one, uh, for me, was the, the theme music. Mm. You know, I love me some uh, Hoyt Curtin, uh, Johnny Quest theme. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, he also did the theme for the Super Friends. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. And some of that sounds like this. In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's my music share. <laughs> okay. But um the the first one uh it's like the dudes were just doing it for a lark, you know, you can hear the the trumpet players are hacking notes a, a couple of times and <laughs> I mean it's pretty high. It's it's hard, but uh as a as a trumpeter it's it's humorous to know that they're probably just, you know, phoning it in yeah. practically. And uh <laughs> I mean when but, you're a session would... orchestra person, mm-hmm. you could just <laughs> you could just knock it out. Yeah. Uh, then they they redid the theme uh, a little while later and added in some whoop whoop horns, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, French horn parts. It was it was pretty cool. I, I always liked that theme song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was happy to see when I was researching it that it was Hoyt Curtin. I was like, ah, no wonder. Yeah. Uh, but the, over the years, the uh, the show changed titles. So I think it started in like '73 as Super Friends, and then um, I've got a list here. Uh, it became the All New Super Friends Hour, and then Challenge of the Super Friends. Mm-hmm. And then the world's greatest super friends. Uh, then it went back to super friends for a few years. <laughs> and then <laughs> super friends colon the legendary superpowers show <laughs> for a season. And then finally the superpowers team galactic guardians. Wow. <laughs> so, long after I stopped watching. Yeah. Yeah. That was all the way to 85, 86. And um, with numerous spinoffs, everybody had their own, including I think of the plastic man comedy hour. Uh-huh. Or, or something like that but uh, wow neat alright mm-hmm. that's our walk down memory lane for fellow oldies yeah <laughs> uh, nostalgia will you ever win <laughs> this is like reverse nostalgia the the downside all the crap yeah. <laughs> that we used to shove into our brains we watched it because it was on TV <laughs> and we were always hopeful that it would get better <laughs> well I think there were there were elements that I liked, just like yeah. uh, superhero films now. I don't always like mm-hmm. the whole thing, but there are 
usually elements that I like. There are bits yeah. that I do. And sometimes a, a really good film. We were, mm-hmm. um, I was at work and we were talking about, uh, I was talking with a fellow nerd about um, r- ranking the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, mm-hmm. which I'm uh, sort of hamstrung in uh, because I haven't seen them all. Yeah. Like I haven't seen Doctor Strange. I haven't seen any of the Thors. I haven't seen, um, you know. Uh, you haven't seen any of the Thors? The, the second Ant-Man. or No, I haven't seen any That's Thors. Interesting. Oh, yeah, you know, he's like, oh, you got to see Ragnarok. I was like, I know. I, I yeah, I haven't seen Ragnarok. As soon as I, I can. I saw the first When I, the first when I am able, yeah. When I don't have a show and a blog and <laughs> a, so much and job, job and art <laughs> and moving into an apartment and yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out how to get around the city. <laughs> all that. When all that's done. Yeah, life uh, finds a way. But uh, I think basically, I want to say my top three are probably... Uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Those might even be tied for greatness. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, probably the first Avengers, I would think. Yeah, yeah, those those were good <laughs> choices. I was um, <laughs> I was a little put off. I think I don't know. Put off is the right word, but um, confused because I had never heard of the Winter Soldier. Mm. I didn't understand because there was no. Wh- what does that mean? What's <laughs> right. the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I still didn't. You know, all the way through the movie, I didn't understand what that meant. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't say this other guy is the Winter Soldier. Right. I thought, well, Captain America as a Winter Soldier mm. or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it took until after I'd already seen the movie before I right. uh, read what it was about. So I don't know. He, was he a, a, a character that um, was already, it, surely he was already in, in full swing by the time the movie came out. Well, so if you're it's, up on the comics, you would know? I don't know. I, I don't. Keep up with the comics. The the Winter Soldier. That was just a, their term for Bucky. That was sort of his role, if you like, as a mm-hmm. subversive, you know, I don't know, Manchurian candidate type. Yeah, plant, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. brainwashed uh, super person. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know now. That that's right. Um, but at the time, they didn't, I had never heard no... the term myself. I just thought they made it for the movie. Oh, okay. Okay, that's 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 good. Yeah. That's a I mean, you know, Russia, um, it's cold there. <laughs> sure, sure. I understood afterwards, but I kept thinking, what does that mean? You know, because they never said it in the movie. They didn't call him the Winter Soldier that I recall. <sighs> huh. I don't Unless remember. they did, but it wasn't. I don't know. You know, I was, I was confused. I don't know if we actually saw it twice. <laughs> I want to say we did, but I'm not I'm not mm. sure now. Um, but the Spider-Man Homecoming, man, I like almost everything about that. Mm. <laughs> you saw it, didn't you? No, you did not see it. Nah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's did if you? you see if you see a Marvel movie, make it that. All right. Yeah. Um, Michael Keaton is but, is fantastic. He's my favorite thing. Ah, okay. Period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easily my easily my favorite uh, villain in any of those uh, so far. I think is is mm-hmm. really really on the ball with it. He plays cool. great villains, Michael Keaton. I think I remember uh, seeing him in in the previews. And um, I'm thinking I, w- I was definitely intrigued. Uh-huh. So, so well, yeah, I look forward to seeing it. He's a more, again, but I mean, seeing it when it comes on the yeah. uh, the old TV again. Even Tom Hiddleston, who is a little reserved as Loki, can be seen chewing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Scenery chewing, um, and certainly you know most of the others uh, <laughs> have been um, overly dramatic. Uh, I I like Josh Brolin's Thanos, but. Um, Man, is he morose. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> but uh, but Michael, Ke- Michael Keaton plays it very straightforward and mm-hmm. in a, a natural way that uh, is kind of scary, right? He's very believable mm-hmm. as that character. And because it's a it's a mechanical assistance, you know, sort of thing, not um, an inherent power that he has, that's, mm-hmm. you know, all the more realistic. Yeah. So, and uh, Tom Holland is the, you know, best Spider-Man probably ever. I, I really like Tobey Maguire, but um, yeah, he's, he's the perfect look, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go off of you know, who he's supposed to be, a 16-year-old right. high school kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Moving on past uh, superheroes and, and cartoons. Let's see, I already did my music share. Do you have something? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. I haven't been really listening hard. I mean, I realize that's a uh, loaded question. <laughs> do yeah. you have something? Hey, do I have something? Yeah. <laughs> do I ever? There's stuff in the works. Like, uh, there's a new Electric 6 album, which is usually there's something, something good or three on it mm-hmm. um a new there's a new thing big jesus is coming out with a thing i like them <laughs> not to be confused with the uh, buff what is it uh, buff korean jesus <laughs> well i'll put that in for now that sounds like this it was always right So it's they're um, pretty much aptly named in a way. Like maybe you wouldn't figure that they would sound kind of metal, but um, yeah, it is a big sound. Mm-hmm. Big <laughs> Jesus, that's how it goes. That reminds me of um, my favorite uh, hamburger joint. It's in uh, it's in Tempe, Arizona, right? Uh, just basically on campus at ASU, mm. Arizona State University, and it's called the Chuck Box. And they do, uh, they grill all their stuff, flame broil over, over uh, mesquite coals. It is delightful. Mm. But the, the, the owner, his name is Juan, and the signature hamburger is the great big Juan. <laughs> yeah. So hey. you go in there and he's, he's grilling up the burgers and he's got a t-shirt with his own picture on it. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, good guy. Uh, the thing, the main thing I was trying to get to was Steve Perry's new album, which I think dropped yesterday. Wait. Today is Saturday? Yeah, dropped yesterday. Oh, that sounds intriguing. I it had is. No idea it's his first still... solo in 24 years. Mm-hmm. And he is, what, 68 years old or something? Good grief. Like he is, yeah, he's he's getting up there. Mm-hmm. So oh, Wait, don't, don't tell me. Jazz standards? No. No, it's oh, a, okay. originals. Um, okay, good. He, co-wrote, he, he likes to write songs with other people, which, mm-hmm. you know, same as he did in Journey. Um usually wrote with Neil Schoen or Jonathan Cain, uh, you know, almost all the hits or that, those pairings. 
Yeah. And um, not Perry's pairings. <sighs> and so this new thing has been in the works for a while, and he's he's been quiet for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other guys in Journey, I, I'm sure most people know this story. The, the other guys in Journey wanted to go back out on the road and, I guess, record again, and he wasn't so sure. And then he had um, a hip, a uh, medical hip uh, thing. Replacement? Had to, he had to get a replacement, but it was, um, there was some kind of, disease or something uh, that was affecting him that necessitated that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it is. And they, they wanted him to get surgery right away and he wasn't ready for it. So they just went ahead without him and that, you know, basically broke up the band. Uh, Um, But also I think I would say he lost confidence in his mm -hmm. abilities because um, his voice has uh, deepened over the years. And um, he rightly thought, you know, fans would expect him to hit all those same high notes that he sure, used yeah. to hit when he sure. was 30. Mm-hmm. And without a lot of training and warm-up, I don't, he probably couldn't have done it. Well, that, that as a side note, reminds me of um, when you shared um, the new Capitol Records recordings of um, some Beach Boys re- yeah. remastered. Not remastered, not remastered. remakes. Just a, yeah, in-studio sort of versions, I guess. I don't, I don't really mm-hmm. know what... I didn't read into what they were doing with them. I just came across Brian the, Wilson. the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian Wilson um, is in studio doing doing parts, but he's yeah. not doing his main part. He's, sure. uh, his voice is, is not there anymore, <laughs> right. obviously. It hasn't been for a long time. No. Um, so they have a new guy. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know his name because he's very good. But uh, there's a clip. Um, and it's. Are you talking about it, the person doing his parts? Yeah, doing the doing the uh, that, the main parts that Brian used to do. That's Matt Jardine, Al's son. I'm sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's his oh, son. Oh, what do you know about that, yeah. Matt Jardine? Okay, well that's cool. That's a that's a neat thing. Yeah, I did not know. Keeping it in the right. family. Uh, yeah, yeah. So and Al is in there in, in the studio as well. Yeah, uh, Al, doing doing his normal parts exactly, and still sounds great doing them. Yep. He is He's just slotted perfectly into the, into the mix. That's a joy to hear. Yeah. Um, so Matt, uh, first of all, he <laughs> quite literally grew up with that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would know, uh, and I'm sure yeah. but I you think know, be able to imitate. I'm pretty sure there's some kind of genetic component to, to voice. So I, I think we certainly mm-hmm. have it. Um, both mm-hmm. our parents uh, were singers mm-hmm. in, their, mm-hmm. in their youths. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, part of it, is probably that, and part of it is just a, a general love of music that they passed on that um, yeah. that kept us listening and singing, uh, basically, from the time we were little kids. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. So Matt Jardine's voice um, was a little distracting to me. I recognized how good it was, but, you know, 
hearing new stuff, uh, hearing old stuff right. with a new guy. Yes. Um, it's like, well, he's kind of pretty close, pretty dang close, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yet inserting some of his own yeah. stylings in there. Sure. Um, but by the end of the tune, I was fine with it. Sure. You know, just like I say, it was just distracting. It it's wasn't hard. Uh, bad. It's hard not to be when it's that good. Like, he really is mm-hmm. good. Uh, I yeah. don't, when they went out on the road, who would they have do Brian's parts? Just Carl? Uh, sometimes it was different different guys, and sometimes they get a uh, a, ringer. a ringer, I think. But <laughs> but usually, like um, they would just bring in, like Glenn Campbell went on the road with them for a while, yeah. and uh, um, and they trade around. So yeah, yeah, Glenn Campbell could have done that. He could have done that part. He's perfectly capable of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't know that I ever heard anything live that I really liked before this that wasn't Brian himself. Yeah. So well, it was nice to hear him come in, like when they did. Um, Sloop John B mm-hmm. uh, as one of the other bits, uh, one of the other tunes that they redone, that they, uh, that they redid. They did, that they did redone. Dim. 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 What's that something Yeah, Yeah, Hey, I saw seen her. There you go. That's a better. Nice. If possible. Yeah, them fellers. When they did Sloop John B, Al Jardine is the main uh, is doing the main part, mm-hmm. but then Brian comes in with some of his parts. It's like, ah, that's that's nice. Like, that's why I never identified who was doing that because it was Al. Mm-hmm, I never, mm-hmm. never tracked. I never bothered to look who was doing what. I don't. I don't know. There. I don't. I don't know if their credits are that complete on the albums because I never. I yeah. never owned one. I yeah. I'm not sure. But that was nice. I, I liked the, and the 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 remixing. Of course, in a modern studio, it was beautiful. It mm-hmm. Just it's crystal clear and uh, very nicely done. Did you? Did it strike you that Al looks sort of like our uncle David? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, yes. He, yeah, he kind of does. Who himself uh, is uh, quite a good singer. Yes, indeed. And, uh, uh, yeah, most of the family, mm-hmm. all, all all of our, our our mother and her siblings uh, were uh, fantastic singers. Yeah, just uh, great natural voices. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess untrained, right? Yeah, uncoached. Mm-hmm. Well, other than mom, she mm-hmm. she had uh, she was. Oh, that's true. She was. She had a. She did have a vocal teacher. Mm-hmm. She was taking music classes at uh, Pacific Christian College when mm-hmm. she was there, yeah. right? Which was just down the street from where I used to live. Yes. Ironically, I have a I have a photo or two of the apartment building where once it stood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, they moved the campus uh, to Fullerton, just mm-hmm. got absorbed by a different school so yeah probably um let's see was it biola now no it's uh, oh. it's a much smaller thing I don't, mm. I don't remember what it was uh okay. but yeah you you can never you can never truly go home again <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's or, or true. back to school you can never truly go back to school again yeah probably just as well yes indeed i i just uh it i thought that was funny that mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks like somebody that i <laughs> that i'm related to anyway Yep, that's that. Got anything else? Right. Well, no, that's a, that's about it. Unless you want to talk about the Thundercats and Snarf, I uh, I kind of would rather not. Excellent. So I just want to say, Lion-O himself is insufferable, and <laughs> to have Snarf on top of that is just uh, icing on a turd. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's yeah, a little that, harsh. That was he's, one that we just watched because it was on TV. He's a little sure. full of himself. I I like Panthro and 
maybe one other <laughs> character but otherwise it was just like uh, i guess we're gonna rent out the clock on cartoons <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. so yeah. that was one of the later the last i don't know i got nothing what did i see where did i see that snagglepuss i, I think it was at pals because i was at uh, pals last night are you sure it wasn't on um deviant art or it was not on deviant <laughs> just some some furry <laughs> i have my own cosplay. account i have my own uh, okay uh, account on deviant deviant art it's a lot of mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff not just furries <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so i i went to pals last night and uh, just browsed around for i don't know maybe an hour which is a ridiculously brief <laughs> trip to pals what is oh powell's powell's, powell's. yes powell's books yes so, but no sorry powell's, powell's city, city of, of books. books right mm-hmm. um which is just down the street from from where we live and, is um, it the world's largest bookstore? I know it's the eh. United States' largest bookstore. Uh, is it? Are you sure? That's what they say. I thought Bookman's like was... Uh, no, no. Bookman's was Arizona's number one indoor air-conditioned attraction. That was what it was. <laughs> that was his pitch. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but that was that was itself pretty large. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It was. Is Powell's really the largest bookstore in the country? Huh. It's pretty dang big. It is, but um, yeah, I don't know. It takes up a block. Mm-hmm. City block. Yeah. But uh, I, I was just running through and looking at a few things. and I have a, a credit built up from uh, selling some books that I didn't want anymore. And I have had my eye on the, the giant Venture Brothers um, coffee table book, which you know goes through every episode up through season six, I think. Go Team Venture. Ah. So it's this huge, thick thing. And it's all their, it's a lot of their production notes and they, um, they do, you know, scripted (laughs) dialogue about how they came up with certain elements of it or aspects Mm. of the show that, um, uh, you know, they want to explain. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, JP and DH for Doc Hammer, Jackson Public, right? Mm -hmm. Um, in little call-out boxes beside the things. And they're, Mm -hmm. they're gorgeous reproductions of cells and, uh, background art and character sketches and all kinds of stuff, all kinds wow. of minutia from the show. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really want it, but I'm hesitant to just get another thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I tend to collect these kinds of art books, like making of mm-hmm. whatever, and then yeah. they just sort of sit on the shelf and I don't sure. go through them thoroughly. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm trying to avo- avoid because right. now that we've had to sort of strip down to 536 square feet. You know, I just, I've got to decide at a certain point what book to get rid of in order to bring in the new book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I can't be a, a bibliophilic hoarder uh, like I used to, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. That, that's a, it's just a different lifestyle, right? Yeah. Different, mm-hmm. different way to live. And also um, you've got nothing but room. So what? Shh, don't so, say that. <laughs> so I plan on uh, sending my annex down to you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring a trailer full of stuff when we mm. get down there. Um, we'll, we'll talk off the air here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. I also while I was there, they uh, they have a big section for uh, notebooks and uh, such journals, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, some some implements of writing destruction. And mm-hmm. uh, where does that come from? Um, implements of destruction. Implements of destruction. That's uh, Alice's it restaurant. It is Alice's restaurant. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. the, um, uh, so they have 
um, Blackwing pencils. Uh-huh. Are, you, are you familiar with the phenomenon? I, I think I've talked to you about them, but okay. I don't recall. Among pencil fetishists, of <laughs> which I am uh, a junior potential member. Let's let's say a cadet. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> there are. I, I just I, I really like the feel of pencils in my hand to draw with and to write. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Blackwing is a legendary pencil from God, I don't know the forties and later uh, until the uh, f- the Faber Castell went out of business. Mm-hmm. And Faber Castell, I'm pretty sure that's who made them. Made this pencil with a um, flattened end. And the eraser is this uh, sort of rectangular thing, right? Uh-huh. So you've got an edge to work with instead of a round, a round eraser. Yeah. So you can be very precise with your erasing, and it's also removable, uh, replaceable. Let's say. So you can take. Okay. If you get, if you wear it down to a nub, you can take that eraser out and put a new one in. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Then just keep going. But my problem is with pencils. I can only use them for about two, two and a half inches, and then the weight is uh, too yes. too late it, it, feels, it feels too different mm-hmm. which is why when i was in art school i latched on to the uh, this pentel mechanical pencil that was super cheap the, mm-hmm. i think it was a p205 and uh i did a, a blog post about this i'll link in the show notes it that always feels the same in your hand which mm-hmm. i kind of like and that it's the you know it's like a brush a brush always has the same basic weight to, you know maybe you have a little more paint on there or, or less but um, it feels pretty much the same in your hand, and it's always the same length. A pencil, yeah. you know, you can wear it down to a half inch if you really are, you know, zealous about it mm-hmm. and just keep writing with it. But uh, that necessitates buying a lot of pencils, basically, <laughs> if you use them, right? Yeah. Uh, so the Blackwing was, uh, their slogan was, half the pressure, twice the speed. Hmm. It would make a, a darker mark. And write faster. And that's that. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, last thing over the <laughs> over the credits here. Um, the one of the most ridiculous uh, ideas for a show: the Robonic Stooges <laughs> with the um, three Stooges in new roles as clumsy crime-fighting bionic superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not surprisingly, a Hanna-Barbera production. Yeah. So, yeah, in the um, 77, 78 uh, era stink town <laughs> it certainly is alright got nothing else I'm, if you want to send us an email uh, about stink town or anything else uh, <laughs> you can you can send it to bros at it's just called two brothers dot com uh, you can also tweet at us at IJC2B and you blog every day about pens and other things <laughs> on microsolo.com almost never about pens <laughs> whether they're on an island or not yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, probably just, it's usually just me struggling to find something new to say about um, working on your art. <laughs> With uh, some like hey